You are now entering the world of Blissful Living, broadcasting around the globe and on the Blissful Living Network with Rochelle Marie Lawson. Are you lacking energy, clarity, and that sense of true well-being? Are you overworked, underpaid, and know that you deserve more in life? You are not alone. Improve your wellness, wisdom, and wealth so that you can step into living the life of your dreams. And now, here's your host of Blissful Living, the queen of feeling fabulous, Rochelle Marie Lawson. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Blissful Living Podcast. I am the queen of feeling fabulous, Rochelle Marie Lawson, and I have such a beautiful show for you. It's information that I know, one, we can all use, two, that we've all wished we had in the past to use. I know specifically me because I am a hot fire, as we say, pitidocious, so I'm full of fire. Um, and sometimes my mouth gets me in trouble. Sometimes I don't always think um, before I react to stuff that um, is angry or makes me angry. So hold tight to that now. As you guys like to know, as you guys know, I like to tell you this is a perfect time to find a place to sit, get something to write with, piece of paper, pen, get your favorite beverage and tell your family that you're going to take a few moments to yourself and for yourself. Because again, the information and the nuggets of gold that you're going to get in this show, you will be able to incorporate immediately into your life. So, um, and it's good stuff. I think um, we should all be watching the show. So again, get your stuff ready. And then if you love the show, subscribe to it. If you like it even more, share it with others um, because we're all about helping everyone to live a blissful life as they travel down their path to bliss. So while you're doing that, let me take care of some business. I want to thank our sponsors for a sponsor, Blissful Living for You at Blissful Living, the number four, the letter U.com. Check out what they have going on, the specials, the, the events that are coming up in 2000. 23 and some of the wonderful, wonderful opportunities that they have for you to help you improve your wellness, wisdom, and wealth. Again, you can check them out at blissfullivingforyou.com. And the next sponsor I want to thank is All Day Cable Incorporated Telecommunications Installation Company located in Silicon Valley, woman-owned top 50 woman-owned business. And what they do is network distribution. So if you have any needs for installation of voice data, fiber optic cabling, um, any wireless access points, audio, video, speaker stuff, any of that kind of stuff, then you want to check them out. They've been around for three plus decades and they still command that spot of being the premier telecommunications installation company in the Western region of the United States. You can check them out at All Day Cable Inc., Dot com. So now that you've had a little bit of time to get yourself situated and to tell your family to give you a few moments to uh, just really refresh and rejuvenate yourself, let me tell you about our guest. So our guest today is Douglas E. Knoll, and he is an attorney. He is an award-winning lawyer, mediator, who has mediated thousands of conflicts. And if you're like me, I know you've had a few conflicts in your life. His calling is to serve humanity and he executes his calling at many levels. He is an award-winning author of three books, a teacher, speaker, and trainer. And he has a fourth book, De-Escalate, that was published by Beyond Words Publishing 
in September of 2017. Now, Doug's work carries him from international work to helping people resolve deep interpersonal and ideologic conflicts. He is the co-founder of Prison of Peace and the creator of the Null Effect labeling system. And in 2012, Doug was honored by California Lawyer Magazine as California Attorney of the Year. So welcome, Doug, to the show. It's a pleasure to have you. Um, I'm loving the topic that we're going to be discussing and um, I just want to see, do you have anything you want to jump off and share with the audience right away? Or are well, you Rochelle, Rochelle, Marie, I think we should just jump right into it. All right. Okay. Well, let's jump into it. So now um, tell me beyond what I've shared with the audience, tell me a little bit about your life in the context of what, first of all, are you still practicing? No. I stopped practicing law in 2000. In mid-career, I went back to school and earned my master's degree in peacemaking and conflict studies because I didn't want to be a trial lawyer anymore. I wanted to be a peacemaker. Oh, okay. I love it. So now what moved you to go from being that tenacious trial attorney to the very peaceful peacemaking attorney? Well, as Bruce Lee like used to say, I'd rather be um, a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war, right? <laughs> so I um, picked up the martial arts in the mid-80s, ultimately earned my second degree black belt, and then started studying Tai Chi. And Tai Chi has two very interesting paradoxes. The one is the softer you are, the stronger you are. Mm-hmm. And the second is the more vulnerable you are the more powerful you are. So imagine Rochelle Marie being soft to be strong and vulnerable to be powerful. I didn't get it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when I think of soft being strong, I think of a cotton ball, you know. Right, but but you can also think of a willow tree in the wind. You know, a willow tree will bend with the wind. It'll bend with the force, but it it will never break. And... Um, in Tai Chi, we learn how to use energy. And in order to use this energy, subtle energy called Chi, you have to be very soft and pliable and you have to be very open. And once you cultivate Chi and understand how to use it, you become deadly. So soft to be strong, vulnerable to be powerful. Eventually, it did seep into my soul until one day in the mid-90s, I was in a courtroom trying a case and the thought came to me, what the heck am I doing in here? And that's when the shift occurred. Um, I decided I didn't want to be a trial lawyer anymore, went on vacation, came back, thought about it, learned about a new master's degree program in peacemaking and complex studies at Fresno Pacific University, uh, enrolled, attended, and for three years, I was a full-time trial lawyer, a full-time graduate student, again, (laughs) and a three-quarters time law professor. And uh, once I earned my degree, I, I basically left. I just gave one week's notice, walked out, left $10 million on the table, and walked away from my law practice. And have been happy ever since, I bet. It's the best decision I've ever made in my life. It was absolutely amazing. I love it. I love hearing stories like that. So often we're pushed, you know, as children, at least I'm not sure what decade you're in, but in my decades, um, 
you know, go to school, get a good education, you know, get good grades so you can get into the good college and you should be a doctor or a lawyer or, you know, you know, something that's sustainable like that and do that job and then stay in that job and retire from that job and live happily ever after. And we know that's not reality. So for you to completely pivot from that, you know, esteemed professional career to something where, you know, when you think of, when most people think of peace, they don't think of it being very lucrative, although it can be, um, but it can be very lucrative in a whole different aspect of what society has placed on what the definition of wealth means, right? So I love that. I I love, love, love this. Now, I want to ask you, why do you say that 98% of that we are 98% emotional and only 2% rational. I probably can agree with you on that one, particularly when it comes to me. (laughs) Well, you know, we've been lied to for 4,000 years, going all the way back before the Greeks, philosophers and theologians have been telling us that the essence of human nature is to be rational and to be logical. Aristotle said that, Plato said it. Um, Philosophers for thousands of years have said this sort of thing. Uh, the uh, Bishop of Hippo, Augustine, the Bishop of Hippo, he was the guy that constructed the Catholic theology, said the only way to get to heaven is through reasoning. But in the last 20 years, neuroscientists have pretty well established that we are not rational beings. (laughs) We're emotional beings. And and throughout the day, we might only have three or four minutes of rationality. And the rest of the time, we're totally emotional. Now, our emotions may not be out there like anger, but all our decision-making is based on emotion. Um, if you think about it and think about what rationality really is, you know, how can rationality is about ways of solving problems. How could you even know to use a tool like rational thinking if you weren't emotional first? Because your emotion tells you that you've got a problem there that has to be solved and it's creating anxiety or it's creating some sort of energetic impulse within you to act. And that's when you bring the tools to bear. But if you don't have that that impulse, that emotional impulse, you would never think to use rationality. So we are 98% emotional and only 2% rational. And when you gain this insight, there are some profound implications around it. The wow. first, the first yeah, bit, yeah. Like share these. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to hear this. Yeah, the first insight is that we should really be spending our time developing emotional mastery, not putting emotions down. There is a pervasive, insidious form of abuse that every parent instills on their children, even the most loving parents. They don't even know they're doing it. It's called emotional invalidation. Rochelle Marie, remember when you were two years old and you were out running around and you fell down and scraped your knee and started to cry? What were you told? Oh, it's okay. Or, you know, big girls don't cry. Or, yeah. You were being denied your emotions. You were scared and frightened and it hurt and you were not allowed to experience or express those emotions in a healthy way. You were told to shut them down. And the reason you were told to shut them down and the reason that people do this to each other is because they're soothing their own anxieties. The people around you got anxious around your emotion, didn't know what to do about it. And so unconsciously tried to shut you down and shut your emotions down so they feel better about themselves. Well, the effect of this is that by the time we're usually six or seven years old, we've figured out the world is an emotionally really unsafe place to be. 
And so we begin to shut down or we become defensive or we become emotionally reactive or we build up all these other behaviors and programming from childhood that help us deal with the pain of emotions that we can't express because it's evil and wrong and irrational and bad and weak to be emotional. And by the time we become adults, where we build up a big facade all around us, we now enter into relation, intimate relationships and those relationships fail because we can't be intimate with each other because we built up all of these walls. You've brought up some very, you brought up something very uh, profound and, and I'm just going to share with the listeners in, in my life. When I was eight years old, um, eight, my grandfather passed away. My paternal grandfather passed away. And um, I was with my grandmother, my mother going over to my other grandmother's house. And I was crying because I'm the only granddaughter in the whole entire family. And I spent a lot of time with him. He used to pick me up from school, you know, he, you know, talked Italian to me. We had this little special bond because I was the only granddaughter and I was crying. And my grandmother, my maternal grandmother told me, do not cry. Stop crying. You need to be strong for your grandmother and we're going to see her. So you need to drive those tears and stop crying. I still remember her voice. I still remember what I had on the car, the whole thing. But what happened was till this day, it's very hard for me to cry. It, um, in some aspects, it was good because when I was an emergency room trauma nurse and I'm dealing with people, death and dying and things, you know, you can't be emotionally connected to the patient. You can't cry every time a patient dies. So that was good. But in other contexts, when I feel that I should be crying, I do not cry. And until th today, this very day, still, when I think about that, I hear her voice. Stop crying. You need, I don't hear you need to be strong for your grandmother. What I hear is you need to be strong. So it's very profound what you said, because that still sticks with me today. And, you know, and you're, you're, it's a perfect example, Rochelle Marie, of the abuse that I'm talking about. This mm -hmm. happens in every single family. Nobody is immune from it. And parents will do this for the, for the reasons that you were told, like you have to be strong. That, that's just absolutely wrong. You become strong by being soft and vulnerable. Remember Tai Chi? Yes. Soft to be strong, vulnerable to be powerful. How can we be full and complete human beings if 98% of what we are is, is shut down and we're not able to access it, we're not able to use it, we're not able to use the hidden genius of our emotions? And when we look at all the problems that exist around the world today and here in the country with all the political polarizations, it all comes down to emotions that are out of control. And people don't know how to manage it. And I've worked in prisons for 15 years, training murderers to be peacemakers. I see the same thing in the prisons with all of my incarcerated students. It's exactly the same thing. And the, and the path to happiness, your show is called Blissful Living, right? Right. The path to happiness is learning about emotions and learning how to listen to emotions and reflect emotions and learning how to listen other people into existence. That is the foundational skill that will guarantee happiness no matter who you are or what you do or where you've been. And I've seen it transform the lives of thousands and tens of thousands of people over the past 20 years. 
amazing. Wow. Wow. I, I, I love this because I, I think it's a conversation that is not had very, very, very often. I want to say very rarely. And it's a conversation that we need to have because in today's society, what, what's, what's going on with all the mental health issues, it really is part of what you're saying. Some of these individuals have been programmed, so to speak, not to tap into that emotional feeling, those emotional aspects. And so when they're overcome by it, they don't know how to respond. That's and, right. And so just just love this conversation. Now, I want to take it and ask you this, because you know how they always say women are emotional, men are more logical. So have you found that to be true? No, I find that to be absolutely false. We, 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 have, we are acculturated into believing that masculinity means to be strong, stoic, rugged individualist, all bullshit. And the women are supposed to be soft and creative and, and be and be be emotional, nurturing, all total wrong, totally wrong. BS. It's all that's all cultural conditioning. It has nothing to do with who we are as human beings. And I argue that men are just as emotional. In fact, my wife argues that men are even more emotionally sensitive than women are. I mean, if you think about it, think about millions of years ago. Living in small clans, the men would have to go out on a hunt for game. Think about the sensitivity they had to develop to to feel where the animal, the, the prey was that they were going to grab, that they were going to kill. How sensitive, how sensitive they had to be to the people, the other, their 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 colleagues they were hunting with. They we we have an enormous sensitivity, but it's crushed at two years old. Right. And 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 as a result. We have a lot of social problems and emotional problems, and to your point, mental health problems, arising from the fact that we have this horrible view of emotion when we really should be training everybody in emotion. I taught in education. I listened to all this stuff around STEM training, science, technology, edu- you know, um, and math and all engineering and math. That's important. But it's more, since we're 98% emotional, it's more important that we invest in drama and art and dance and literature and the liberal arts that train us, begin to train us in the emotional experience of human beings, because that's where we live all the time. And yet, what's the first thing that's cut in school funding? The stuff that turns us into human beings. The creative stuff. Yeah. The creative stuff and the emotion stuff. Yep. And we don't train our teachers how to be emotionally competent. You know, they're all they all are trained in this in this assumption of rationalism that an eight year old is a rational being. Huh. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I mean, that's that's the way they're taught. Right. They're little, little machines. They're little input. You input this. Now you, you get this kind of output. And right. if they misbehave, it's because they're misbehaving. It's not because they're emotional and they're just being their normal emotional selves. And by the way, they have to experience these emotions in order to develop in a healthy way. Right. No, education says no. We don't. We don't. We don't buy any of that. Isn't that interesting? And I, I, I find it so just very interesting um, with regards to that because I know those teachers have to take some type of psychology. I know as a nurse, we had to take some psychology classes, and you learn about all those developmental stages at those different ages. And um, you know, I I sometimes do a talk where I talk about how once we start formalized education, we're systematically trained to not see the unlimited possibilities, but to see the limited possibility, right? Trained, that's called the the concept of trained incapacity. Yes, yes. We're trained to be incapable of doing (laughs) 
it, it, this, this conversation just goes and flow with everything um, with regards to what we're talking about. Now, I want to, I really want to get to like the question of um, angry and angry and dealing with angry people. And my question, this is my personal question is um, how do you stay in the context of not being absorbed by that person's anger where you become reactionary? How do you stay in your emotional stabilized concept when you're dealing with an angry person? The secret is really simple, Rochelle Marie. You, you ready for it? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm like, I'm on the edge right. of my feet. Right. I'm leaned in and everything. There you go. When, when you're dealing with any kind of emotional person, whether it's anger or grief or sadness or despair or even happiness, you want to engage in a three-step process that keeps you totally centered and calm for the 90 seconds it takes you to calm this other person down. The first thing you're going to do is consciously ignore the words oh. of the angry person. You are going to ignore everything they're saying. It becomes white noise. You don't even hear it. You turn your ears off. You do not want to hear those words. Because if you do hear the words, you're going to get triggered. If you don't hear the words, you're not going to get triggered. It just becomes white noise. And there could be cussing at you and cursing you out and just screaming and spitting on you and being extremely vile and rude. You don't care. Well, just noise. That's step number one. Okay. Step number two is you're going to read their emotions. Now, a lot of people say, oh, that's really hard. I can't do that. But it turns out that our brains are hardwired for reading each other's emotions. We, ha we, have we have the unique capability, once we allow ourselves to do it, to watch somebody and very accurately and efficiently assess their emotional experiences. All we got to do is just sit there in silence. We're ignoring the words. Be silent for a moment, quiet your mind, and all of a sudden, you'll start to feel, you'll start to sense the emotions that are experiencing. And, and the emotions never come one at a time. They come in groups. So you want to pay attention to not only the presenting emotion like anger, but what's all the stuff that's underneath it. And we'll get to that in a second. And then the third step is mm -hmm. to reflect back that person's emotional experience with a you statement, not an I statement you statement and you're not going to ask questions you're not going to give advice you're not going to tell people to calm down all you're going to do is reflect back their emotional experience wow well let's go back to when you were eight years old mm -hmm. that was your mother that told you to be strong my grandmother your my grandmother. Mom. okay so in that moment you felt Rochelle Marie, you felt a lot of grief. You were super sad. And you felt like you were lost. And you lost a friend and your grandfather. And you felt despair. And then your grandmother told you to be strong. And you felt rejected and unappreciated and misunderstood. And it kind of pissed you off a little bit. But you didn't know what to do. You were only eight years old. <laughs> and you were... And you were, you felt like you were disempowered and rejected and abandoned. 
Yeah. And you felt shame and embarrassment that you were having these feelings that were normal feelings, and yet you were being criticized and judged because of what you were feeling. And at the end, you felt completely abandoned and all alone and rejected and unlovable. And that's happened to you. You've been carrying that for many, many, many decades. Mm-hmm. True. Okay. So what was that experience like for you? For me to label your emotions. Validating. Yes, exactly. Because it was absolutely what I was feeling. I felt um, like, you know, what I was going through wasn't, wasn't valid, wasn't validated. Like I, it, was, it wasn't real. It wasn't real. And I can tell, just tell from the tone of your voice and everybody that's listening and watching can tell from the tone of your voice that it's dropped, it's dropped a lot. You, you went into a total relaxation place. Ah. You feel that? How relaxed you are now? Yeah. How long did it take me to do that? Less than two minutes. Because as soon as you start. Yeah. Less than 90 seconds. Yeah. That's how you do it. And the reason that it works is because our brains are, this is all based on neuroscience. This isn't just Doug Knoll talking. This is all based on brain scanning studies. What happens is when when we get emotional or we're carrying a deep emotional memory like your experience at eight years old, the emotional centers of the brain overwhelm our executive function called the prefrontal cortex. And once the prefrontal cortex can no longer process information, when our ability to choose appropriate behavior goes out the window and we fall back on childhood programming. And so we just react and the programming schemas start up and it's like a, you know, in a player piano, the roll starts running and there's nothing we can do to stop it. When we affect label somebody, we label, it's called affect labeling. We're labeling somebody else's emotions. We're telling them exactly what they're feeling with the use statement. A magical thing happens in the brain. Number one, the brain chemistry immediately changes. And t- as a result of that, the emotional centers of the brain are inhibited. They, they lower down in intensity. And at the same time, almost instantaneously, a part of the brain called the right ventral lateral prefrontal cortex is activated. And now we regain control. And it takes, it takes less than 90 seconds. Essentially, what I'm doing is I'm lending you my prefrontal cortex for the minute and a half it takes for your prefrontal cortex to come back online. And when you experience that, you go through this deep relaxation cycle. <sighs> yes, I feel validated. Yes, I feel heard. Yes, he really gets me or she wow, really gets me. Wow, Doug, what a trip. So as you're telling and explaining what was happening, the funny thing is, Okay, just me. Um, I begin to think like every time I get angry, what you just validated that I was experienced when I was eight. That's exactly what I experience every time I get angry. I'm not heard. What I have to say is not valuable. My feelings don't matter. Everything you just said, it's like, wow. And every single human being has the same experience. Wow. That's, why, that's why that works. So the way we, what I teach, I teach my students and my clients um, how to layer emotions. So emotions come in layers. So we start with anger emotions. So anger could be anger, frustration, annoyance, irritation, rage, hatred. Then underneath that are the, so what I call the sort of the dignitary emotions, not being heard, feeling you're treated unfairly, not being appreciated, not being supported, being disrespected. And then underneath that are the fear emotions. So you get a fear, anxiety, being scared, being terrified, being concerned and worried. 
Underneath that, shame, humiliation, embarrassment, and guilt, and the related emotions. Underneath that, sadness, grief, despair, loss of hope, um, sadness. And then the bottom, which is the root of everything, is abandonment, betrayal, feeling unloved, and feeling unworthy and unlovable. Wow. So the way you use those layers, I teach this in my classes, is the way you do this is what's the first uh, emotion that presents? Let's say it's anger. So you start off with anger. Oh, man, you're really angry. You're really pissed off. Just really frustrated. Then what's the next layer? Well, you sort of you just sit there and it'll come to you. You'll, your brain will figure it out. And say, oh, anxiety. OK. Oh, you're worried. You're really anxious. You're concerned. And you say, oh, oh, man, you're really disrespected. You're unappreciated, unsupported. You feel, you feel like, you know, you're just being, is this really unfair? And then you might go back to anger and that really pisses you off. And then you might drop down a little lower and it really makes you sad. Then you're a little embarrassed about it and you feel shame because you've been judged and criticized unfairly. And then you go down a little lower and you say, you know, this makes you feel really sad. You know, you feel a lot of despair and sadness around this. And then finally you go to the bottom. So you feel abandoned. Betrayed. Worthy and unloved. You, yeah. felt, you feel completely unloved. Like you're all alone in the universe. Mm-hmm. So by working through the layers, in whatever order seems to work for you, you hit all of the base, the base emotions that a person is experiencing. And the, one of the reasons why this all works so well is because as human beings, we have a very limited repertoire of emotional experience and emotional behavior. It looks chaos. It looks like chaos to the untrained eye. But once you start practicing this and developing it, the chaos goes away. And now you just, that's why I say, all of a sudden you start seeing people for who they are. They're emotional. Right. You can immediately figure out what where the chunk is. And, you know, where does what box does that emotion go into? And you access that and start reflecting it back to them. You are, and the magic happens. Wow. Oh, gosh, we're almost out of time. We have so, okay. So, oh my God, phenomenal, man. I wish we had longer time. I may have to, I'm going to have to bring you back, Doug. But um, let's transcend. And so you have this wonderful information and you just did a, a wonderful visualization real in real time that people can see that you did with me, just my experience and, and um, you know, what we're talking about. How can people connect with you and get more of what you have to offer with regards to this so, of and realization people, of our emotional states? For the people that are listening to this show, and nobody else will ever get access to this, uh, and I've put it in the chat for you to, to copy, to put in the show notes. I created a webpage called uh, HTTPS Dougnoll, D-O-U-G-N-O-L-L dot C-O slash blissful dash living. And if you go to that page, uh, you'll see the name of the podcast and a beautiful picture of Rochelle Marie. And then, and, and then down below are all kinds of things that you can get into. You get a free ebook. You can buy my fourth book, Deescalate. If you have a difficult conversation you're avoiding that you want me to facilitate, I'll do it for free. There's a link there that I can wow. help you have that difficult conversation. And you can buy, I've, I've discounted my, uh, my basic courses that you can also get at a discount on those pages. Wow. So that's where to, and then, of course, that leads you into my website, and you can contact me by email, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm a sole practitioner. I don't have a secretary or a VA. I answer all my own emails. So if you reach out to me, you will hear from me. 
Wow, that's beautiful. Thank you, Doug, so much. This is so much. Um, this has been just a, for me personally, a transformative experience. Um, so I can imagine what you did with me in five, say eight minutes. You could do with someone if they had the whole thirty minutes or plus with you. So thank you so much. I mean, this is information we need to know, and. Um, it's just a gift that you have. And I'm so blessed to have you share your gift with all of us. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you and the work that you're doing and wish you to keep doing the best because you got a lot of work to do to change. The <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for really for, at the bottom of my, my heart. Thank you so much. And to all you listeners, I told you all that we Today's guest was going to bring you some nuggets of gold. And if you didn't really experience or really was able to pay attention, I highly, highly, highly suggest that you re-listen to the conversation that went on today with Doug, because um, you have to experience for yourself what he walked me through, or really all of us. And I just happen to be the one that's able to talk to him to share my experience at this moment in time. And then again, please share this show with everybody you love and care about. The more we can learn how to de-escalate anger, not only in other people, but ourselves and recognize where it's coming from, the better it is for all of us. And we can start taking steps forward to make our society a much better place to live and in much more healthier uh, mindsets for all of us to be our best. So Thank you for all of you listening. I want to thank our sponsors, Blissful Living for You at Blissful Living, the number four, the letter U.com, as well as All Day Cable Inc. at AllDayCableInc.com. And until next time, everyone, I'm wishing you peace to your mind, wellness to your body, tranquility to your spirit. This is the Queen of Feeling Fabulous, Rochelle Marie Lawson, saying goodbye for now. Please share the show, everybody. Bye. Thank you for joining Rochelle Marie Lawson on Blissful Living. To contact Rochelle Marie and to find out more about Blissful Living, click on Blissful Living for You link right here on the Blissful Living Network. Catch all the Blissful Living episodes on demand and available for download 24-7 on BlissfulLivingForYou.com. Until next week, may your life be filled with peace, wellness, abundance, and prosperity.